Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another weekly episode of the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. Uh, Adrian Bow, the one and only, has joined us again on his own podcast. Funny that, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, that he's here again. AB, how yes. are you? Great, thanks, Troy. Episode 119, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, episode number 119. Now, you've had a couple of really special guests uh, that I listened to this week. Obviously, you did a fantastic radio interview down in the ACT. Uh, you also yep. interviewed uh, Jack. Is it Jack Henderson? Yes, yes. Yep. Quite, um, quite a um, eccentric character, but a very effective uh, buyer's advocate. Yeah, and doing some fantastic work out there. Uh, very, very out there uh, in regards to some of the marketing, but definitely creating... Uh, a lot of momentum in uh, in his business with his team. So that was a great episode. If you've missed that one, make sure you jump on and listen to it. It's obviously uh, the one just before this. So go and check it out. AB, today we are talking all about leverage and we're talking yep. how to leverage not only uh, the current listings you have and the recent sales, but we're also talking about leveraging every conversation you have. Now, as we start to wrap up the end of 2021 uh, with about 32 days, 33 days, 32 days till Christmas time. Um, this is an important conversation for so many reasons. Um, we've seen some great results from people. We've seen some agents that have just exponentially grown their business two, three, four times over the past 12 months uh, in a very challenging market. We've seen some agents be consistent in their approach to what they do and how they do it. We've seen agent team grows, uh, teams that have grown over that period of time. We've also seen a number of agents decide that they wanted to scale back their business uh, and just focus on the existing relationships they have. Now, Adrian, uh, you are definitely a growth agent. You're an attraction agent, you're a growth agent, you're a chase agent. And uh, this is an important topic for you. So I'm going to hand over to you to talk a little bit more about the fact and how we leverage uh, everything we've got right now to really outperform the market. Yeah, thanks, Troy. Well, look, leverage is obviously a very broad term. Uh, and if we could uh, just touch on you know, a couple of verticals, otherwise, um, obviously, there'd be quite a long conversation. It's something we can definitely extend into future episodes. But one of the most important leveraging components of building an EBU or building a, a real estate business um, is definitely your team members and, and personnel. Now, look, this is an area of a lot of frustration and a lot of enjoyment. <laughs> I say that because, you know, I've been through it myself where you become constantly frustrated with HR issues and retention issues and then you locate and identify outstanding team members uh, who their tenure is, 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 is something to be revered when you're talking about, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Now, that can either be at an EBU level for associate agents or client service managers, or it could be as agents within a business. Now, um, we're very good examples. You and I, Troy, you know, obviously I was 26 years at McGrath. You were 22, I believe. Yep. Yep, yep. So, so that's quite an anomaly in the industry, Troy. Um, I have in my immediate EBU, Harrison Jones has been with me seven years, uh, but even his predecessors, people like Daniel Laycox, Damien Steele, Simon Exelton, Edward Reed, the list goes on, you're talking seven to ten years, you know. So I, I don't say that to impress anyone because for every one of those, I had probably three or four that didn't work out. And keep in mind, you know, I've been doing this for 32 years. Um, but I, I, I say it to impress upon you the importance
importance of team members when it comes to leverage and scaling because there's no way I could do what I do, i.e. running two growth businesses without support. And um, even though I'm involved in the highly dollar productive activities in my arena, i.e. in my sales business, doing the listing presentation, doing the set-to-sell meeting, doing the reserve meeting and then conducting the actual auction or putting a deal together pre-auction, I personally handle all that. Now, there's a lot of stuff, let's call it stuff without being disrespectful, that has to happen in between. Um, And that's why EBUs were formed. So you can scale, you can leverage, and you you can create volume in your business. Um, There's specialty areas, as you know, Troy, there's buyer servicing, there's administration, there's marketing, um, there's there's client nurturing, there's pipeline database follow-up. And that is just an immediate business. And then what you really need is external tentacles, as I call them, which could be, in my case, for example, K2X, which is an outstanding external tentacle to my business, um, which does additional prospecting for me. Then I look at other lead generation initiatives, which I'm involved in, um, which uh, Facebook marketing and lead generation, and I've got two or three of those running at any particular time. Um, And then you look at even your accountant, who's another external tentacle who create invoices and, and do your P&Ls and help you with that sort of thing. So it, it extends beyond the immediate EBU. Um, the message in it all, Troy, is to stay in your lane, number one, and number two, stay highly focused on your highest and best use. So is my highest and best use to meet a pest and building inspector at a property? No, it's not, because I could be in front of three clients who are wanting to list and sell their property. Um, is my highest and best use to do a buyer measure up between exchange and settlement to make sure the fridge fits in the fridge space? Now, I'm not diluting the importance of that for that particular buyer, but let me tell you, one of my team members can do it beautifully uh, and without my involvement, while I can be focused on prospecting 30 clients. So I, I suppose they're quite rudimentary examples, but important nonetheless, Troy. Yeah, really important. And I think that, you know, if you take that in isolation, Adrian, you look at the team structure and you look at what they can do and the the level and volume that then is a byproduct on that. I absolutely love that you're not, you're extending it past your traditional EBU as well. I think any smart agent out there right now, they are leveraging the businesses like K2X. Um, they're leveraging the other prospecting companies. And it's not necessarily for just the set and forget. Like they're not just outsourcing the whole thing. It's a yes and. And I know last week we spoke a lot about becoming an attraction agent, but also a chase agent. And if you look at the most successful agents out there right now, yes, they are attractive in the market. Yes, they do have people coming to them saying, I want you to represent me based on the sales and based on your experience, based on the team structure, based on the fact that I bought a property from you. But they're also still chasing. They're also still out there hustling and getting the deals done. And I think that this point here around leverage of a direct team allows you to do that, extending that out to your accountant, um, your marketing specialist, especially social marketing specialist, and also a prospective business. Really important. The other part of it is, then you start to think about how else, what are the other parts that I can leverage in my real estate business? And I know, Adrian, over your career, you've been 
hugely successful in using real estate sales as the vehicle to actually build wealth and sustainable growth in your personal life. Um, why is that also important? Because we always see these real estate agents out there and they've got an amazing lifestyle and, and they're selling a lot of their properties and whatnot, and they're making a great income from a cash flow perspective, but they're actually not focused on growth uh, from, a, from an investment portfolio side of things. This has been a big strategy of yours over the past three decades and all team members that have been with you as well have also adopted the same strategy. So can you enlighten everyone about that methodology and why it's been so successful for you? Yeah, true. Well, basically, wealth creation should be the end game. So everything we do in real estate should be a means to an end for you to create your own wealth creation, to be honest. And real estate sales provides an outstanding cash flow for that. But the true wealth creation is in owning property. Now, if you look at um, you know the, the the top hundred, you know, on the Fortune, you know, BRW, whatever it might be. Um, there's some flavour of property in there, even though there's there's other businesses involved. There's some flavour of property. Now, I'm not saying that financial success is the only metric or barometer we should focus on, but but for the purpose of this conversation, let's do that. Um, and let's not be naive and idealistic to think that real estate agents are not interested in wealth creation because they are. Um, so effectively what my plan always was was to build enough cash flow to invest into real estate to build a portfolio to have uh, as a safe haven to have um, as as a, a very comfortable asset uh, to provide even further capital growth further yields but also also for a rainy day Troy so um, I'm not I'm not scared to to volunteer the information that there was a period there a couple of years ago where I had to dispose of a couple of assets. And you know what? That's totally fine by me mm. um, because that's what they're there for, right? And without those assets and without that wealth creation plan, I, I wouldn't have been in that position. And um, I, I still have a very, very healthy portfolio, but it was the right time, the right place. And it was a useful strategy at that particular time. So Look, a lot of other agents or people in the industry have different wealth creations or additional wealth creation plan, which is a rent roll, for example. Now, I've always been into business ownership as well, um, whether it was a shareholder at McGrath, um, uh, whether it's um, owning my own coaching business, now I'm being a shareholder in a, in a Ray White franchise. Uh, for uh, there, there, there always, for me, was that nice uh, vertical and cross-referencing of, of asset investment because I do feel that, you know, putting all your eggs into one basket is not the ideal strategy. Um, and also through my superannuation fund, you know, I've made some pretty smart investments there. So, again, I don't say this to impress anyone, but the opposite actually because, you know, I, I went through a challenging time a couple of years ago where I needed some security and had those assets that I could dispose of and still be in a really good position. And, and let me tell you, it wasn't as if the banks were knocking on the door. It was more peace of mind for me knowing that I could be a little bit more liquid at that particular time in my life, you know. Um, so, look, at the end of the day, selling real estate is a great cash flow, but the type of capital growth 
that you can experience through property ownership, it's impossible to earn that sort of money, Troy. Mm -hmm. So if you've owned a piece of real estate in the last 12 months, it's been well publicised and well documented that the average capital growth has been 25%. Now, assuming that's your principal place of residence, let me tell you, I don't know any other investment in the world that is 25% tax-free in terms of capital growth. Now, let's assume it's an investment property and you're still paying 25% in terms of capital gains tax, well, you're still looking at close to, you know, 15 18% in capital growth, which is still huge, right? So th there's no other investment that I'm aware of, and it's certainly very hard to earn that sort of money um, as, as either an employer, a company, or an employee, given that you've got to earn double that, given that the average tax rate's closer to 50%. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Adrian, I think that the, the biggest lesson here and is what we're sharing and I, and I take my hat off to you is to, um, you know, uh, to be as transparent as you have been uh, in regards to your journey is these are some of the things that necessarily no other podcast, no other coaching situation, no other, um, I guess, leader in the real estate space talks about a lot and commonly um, and frequently. So um, thank you for, for sharing. And I think it's important for everyone to know that and to understand that, yeah, leverage is great and, you know, you can be making all these sales, but you've got to be able to be in a position that you can look back and be proud of something and create a legacy and, and really have something that you, 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 you're working towards. And so what you said before about the, the end goal, um, that wealth creation, I think is imperative for everyone that's listening to this episode. And for those that are listening to it, go back to the start and listen to it all again, because some really valid points. Adrian, the last vertical that I want to talk about with you today is um, we're starting to see a lot of like stock is still tight around many parts of Australia, especially the metropolitan areas, a lot of regional centers now, um, lifestyle areas, stock's really tight. Sales are really buoyant. Stock's tight. So what does that mean for agents that may not be the ones that are having that stock and selling that stock? And I always think that a great strategy that I've seen you use in the past and a, a number of successful agents is to be the community member or the real estate agent that's really in it for the community about sharing those results. Now, there's a fine line, um, and, and I think we're going to talk about it in a second around, you know, how you communicate those results. Um, yep. But I think it's really great if we go down the path. So we've spoken about team EBU leverage. We've spoken about wealth yep. creation leverage. The next one is we're going to talk about sales leverage and listing leverage. So Adrian, yep. you made this point, and I think you've used it as your tip of the week um, somewhere along the lines, but to leverage other agents' sales and listings in the right way to communicate them through to your network, your custom base, your database, mm -hmm. but also the community in that local area. No, it's, it's, it's a great question and it's very important that we're clear on the rules of engagement. So number one is if you're a growth agent with an EBU and your volume is medium to high, then the only listings and sales you should be conducting any type of success marketing on is your own. That's, that's very simple, right? However, all of those medium to high level volume growth agents were once a developing or a new agent. Okay, so I don't have an issue with those new or developing agents firstly asking their colleagues in the office in the first instance, um, are you conducting any success marketing off the back of your sales? If you're not, do you mind if I door knock and cold call and not claim the sale or the listing to be mine, but claim it to be the offices 
and see if I can build my database off the back of that. If the answer is yes, then go for your life. If the answer is no, then don't do it, okay? Now, beyond that, beyond that, if you don't even have the luxury of anyone in your office, then I don't feel that it is a huge issue that you talk to community members about community sales. Now, one thing which I must reiterate is you never claim them to be your own, never, because if they're not your sales, they're not your sales. However, if you're a brand new agent, then, you know, calling a street or door knocking a street to say there was a sale that did occur and as a community service, I'd like to let you know what it was. Now, if that owner asks you who the agent was, you should tell them. Absolutely, you should tell them. The other caveat is you should allow at least two or three weeks to go past out of courtesy for the listing and selling agent to conduct their own success marketing, okay? So really important rules of engagement there. But all of us who are growth agents must be sympathetic to people in Chapter 1 of their career. And if someone's at Chapter 1 of their career or Day 1 or Week 2 of their career, and if they are providing a community service to advise about a listing or sale of mine, uh, but not claiming it to be theirs and being honest, if the owner asks them who sold it, I don't have a problem with that because my mentality is one of abundance, not scarcity, and I think there's enough business out there for everyone. Yeah, it's interesting. Adrian, um, quick question. Are you? I know a lot of agents, uh, especially where I live, they, they send out a almost a weekly wrap of all the new listings by their company and also the the other companies in the area. And they talk yeah. about the configuration. They talk about the last time it was sold. So what was the value the last time it sold? When did it last sell? Mm. And what the guide is. I'm, I'm always amazed that so many of them uh, say agent unavailable or contact agent directly. You, mm. Are you a mm. big believer in just sharing that information? My team don't do that in particular, but I have noticed a lot of agents who do that, Troy. And I actually think it's quite transparent because often when they do it, it's actually a hyperlink. And that hyperlink will go to the other agent. So I think think that's fair because effectively, effectively what that agent's trying to achieve is to be that trusted advisor who provides information quickly um, and transparently, and even better if it's a hyperlink to the actual agent that sold it because it's the truth. Yep. Um, and and we should always be standing for integrity, transparency, and truth. Um, if they claim it to be theirs, even just by suggesting it without actually verbatim claiming it, I think that's a bit cheeky, to be honest yeah, with you. No, absolutely. And and a lot of them, I must uh, I must again give credit to the agents around where I live. They are, they are very transparent and they do hyperlink mm-hmm. it through. I see it as a great leverage point. We talk about leverage yeah. in this episode. I actually see it as a great leverage point. You're actually mm-hmm. tapping in to that competing agent's database and you're getting your listing advertised to their database. So it's kind of amazing the the amount of agents that don't provide as much information when that call does come through. I think everyone, you know, make it as easy as possible to do business, cast the net as far as possible with those buyers and get them through your property. You get a successful sale and they're the lucky purchaser. The chances are that agent 
that referred it or that agent that sent the email, um, they're not going to service them anyway. We, we know the stats from REA. They say that around 50% of agents don't ever contact the purchaser after settlement ever again. So if that's the mm. stat out there, what a great opportunity to not only service that client and create a client for life, but also have a two, three, four, five times sale on the back of one great listing uh, that you're getting exposure with all your competing agents. I think it's a great strategy and a great leverage opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely true. Now, that's been a terrific episode, uh, 119. We've got the sprint right up until Christmas. Uh, Troy and I will be still coming to you every week, and uh, it's just a, an honour to be able to deliver great content to you. We had our record week, Troy, in terms of downloads. So uh, just from downloads alone through the podcast, we had 1,300 then if you look at social media views because we're on video as well we're talking over 2000 in one week period which has definitely positioned us in that top 10 business podcast which i'm really really humbled and delighted about and that's not just adrian and i just watching the video and pressing repeat and replying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not i don't have that much time ab as much as i would like to. yeah um, but no, it's, yeah, exactly. always, it's always great to catch up. Hopefully this has delivered a couple of insights into the team uh, for you to use out there in the field. Hey, guess what? Three weeks left, three selling weekends left after this one. We've got um, 27th and then we're running hard up until the 18th of December till the final run of 2021. Now, here's the thing for all our listeners. Next week, we are going to be talking about again setting up 2022 to be your best year ever. That means we're going to talk about specific strategies that you can have with your existing clients, your existing yeah. listings and your pipeline listings to bring them on or prepare them for an early sale in 2022. Really important episode. Make sure you tune in. It is going to be episode number 120. So go figure. It's an important one, AB. It's, we're getting up there yeah. now. Um, but again, yeah. Adrian, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, we're actually doing a whole set of filming today as well. So yes. later on, you and I are catching up. We're going to do a whole set of series filming. So keep an eye out yeah. for that in early 2022, team. But thanks again for joining us. Episode number 119, the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. Until next week, stay safe, sell well. See you next week. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, listeners.